You are listening to DG Talks, a podcast brought to you by Delta Gamma. Each month, the Delta Gamma host will speak on a different topic, covering a wide range of interests for our sisters. We look forward to engaging with you on social media about other topics you would like to hear, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, sisters. Liz Cooster Carroll from Delta Eta, California State University, Sacramento. I was in pledge class 1987, and I've been active in Delta Gamma since that day. I truly believe in membership for a lifetime. And I am so thrilled to Real Talk Finances with you today. This talk will apply to anyone, whether you are just graduating, finding your career rhythm, wanting to buy a house, raising kids, or stepping into a new season of life. In addition to being a certified financial coach, I'm also a yoga and meditation teacher. So I bring mindfulness into the money discussion. I know it doesn't sound like it belongs in the same sentence, but it really works. I'm the co-founder of Mindful Money Coaches with my husband of 29 years, Dan. We coach couples on how to talk about money and budgeting. I know, I just said the B word. Personally, I'm on a mission to cure the feeling of overwhelm around finances in women. Now, why is this important? Because we are stressed out about money. And you've read the headlines. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 44% of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency. That's like a water heater going out. So the average car payment in the United States right now is $580 per month, and student loans have become a plague. So I love that DG has provided this medium for us to talk about money. Now, some of you might think from thoughts of it's rude to talk about money. Well, I have to disagree with that. I feel that it's in our best interest to talk about money so that we understand other people are having similar situation as us. Now, I agree, it could be rude to brag about money, but when we talk about money, we're talking about financial literacy and learning and asking, well, how do you do that? Or how do you, how does your family budget that? And I feel that it's really important. So many of us are overwhelmed when it comes to finances. Concerned will make a wrong move. We can't afford to be overwhelmed about finances any longer. According to an August 2019 Wall Street Journal article, 31% of college graduate women, that's us ladies, you know, earn more than their husband. So they either earn as much or more than their husbands. However, women haven't yet closed the gender gap on financial literacy leaving us more prone to make poor financial decisions. That's not okay. We need to change that. We need to talk to each other. We need to Google. We need to make time to learn how to handle our finances. And I'm going to break this down for you into three steps. So we're going to talk about awareness, and that'll be broken down into two categories. So awareness of your thoughts, and awareness of your numbers. And then step two will be setting goals. 
both short-term and long-term. Step three is making a plan. So creating a spending plan, also known as a zero-based budget. If I talk about any terms today that you haven't learned or you're not familiar with, I encourage you to Google them or reach out to me and I'm happy to have a one-on-one discussion with you. So step one is awareness of not only your thoughts, but your numbers. Let's start with the thoughts. It's said that if you think on purpose, you'll create a life on purpose. So that's really powerful in the and our thoughts are generating our feelings. So how do you think about money? Maybe think about that right now. You personally, how do you think about money? Do you think I'm bad with money? Do you think I don't have enough money? I'm going to encourage you to change some of that thinking and maybe take I'm bad with money to I'm learning to be good with money or I don't have enough money to I don't have enough money yet. And I'm going to run you through this model so you can understand a little bit more of where I'm coming from on your thoughts. So this model is from Brooke Castillo. She's one of my mentors. And it's that your circumstance, which would be maybe the number uh, that your total debt calculation is today. It's completely neutral. So if you have $154,000 of debt right now, that's what you would consider your circumstance. There's no story behind it. It's the fact. It's a dollar amount that you've calculated. But that fact or that circumstance can trigger thoughts. And those thoughts could be, I don't know what to do. I'm not good with money. If I don't, I don't have a way to pay this off. If I tell my boyfriend about this money, he's not going to be interested in me any longer. And you could spin out into this incredible story of overwhelm based on your thoughts. And that overwhelm, which people often mention to me when they reach out, is something like, let me give you an example. The circumstance is $154,000 in debt. The thought is, I have no way to pay this off. I'm not going to be able to do it. If I'm not able to pay this um, debt off... I can't share it with anyone. I can't tell anyone about it. I'm embarrassed by it. And I'm, <clears throat> if I tell my boyfriend, he's not going to want to marry me, I will never have children. And it kind of leads to this craziness that comes up with thoughts and the way that we think about our circumstance. And those thoughts cause feelings. Those feelings typically are overwhelm. And that's where I want to help people change their thoughts and create a more positive feeling so that drives a more positive action. Uh, Because typically when we're feeling overwhelm, it drives the action of inaction or avoidance. We don't want to deal with it. We pretend it's not there. We, We still continue piling on more debt and it, it becomes a never ending story for us. And that action of avoidance creates the result of, yeah, we're really not good with money. So that's why we, we want to stop that spiral and come back to how can you create a better thought 
or a more positive thought that will create or cause a more energizing feeling so that you can take massive action and address your financial situation, whatever it may be. And that could vary. People reach out to us for coaching where they've got $16,000 of debt all the way up to $450,000 of debt. And I am not talking about a mortgage in there either. So there's lots of, of variance in where people are at in the United States. And through this process that we're going to break down, everyone can be aided. So know your thoughts Maybe write them down so that you can start building more awareness. So that's step one is the awareness and phase one of that is thoughts. Phase two is know your numbers. And first and foremost, where is your money going right now? So maybe look back at a couple months of your bank statements or credit card statements to see where you are spending money. Typically, when people come to us for coaching, um, when we start diving in as to where their money is going, they're often surprised how much they are spending um, unintentionally or in default. They, there's just not a lot of awareness on where the, every dollar is going. And food is often a category that's a big surprise for people when they start cal calculating up exactly how much they're spending on food. So that might be a, a trigger point for you also. Another area is know your net worth. And your net worth is what you own minus what you owe. So tally up all your assets, and that could be car, uh, savings, any equity in a home, um, jewelry, but make sure you calculate realistic, if you sold it tomorrow, what is that asset worth? So you tally up all your assets, and then you subtract all your liabilities. So that's your debts. That's credit card debt, student loan, car loans, mortgage, all of that is your liabilities. Now, this is your net worth. So if you tally up assets and subtract your liabilities, that's how you calculate your net worth. I think it's a good idea to have an ongoing spreadsheet on your um, laptop or on your computer so that you see where you are on your net worth. And there's a very good chance that it could come up negative right now, and that's okay. Just because you have a negative net worth doesn't mean you have a negative worth. You are completely worthy and it just means that there needs to be focus or attention around creating either an equal or a positive net worth. And when we get into step number two in the goal setting, that might be your first goal is that I want to have a positive net worth. So, and something else to consider on here is that just because someone has a high paying job doesn't mean that they have a high net worth. So they could be spending every dollar that they're making and not building any wealth. So it's not, uh, there's a great book from the nineties called The Millionaire Next Door. And it's really surprising how many people with a little bit of discipline and constraint are able to build amazing wealth on minimal or middle incomes. So it really goes down to that living beneath your means and then investing early and often. So about the mindfulness, I know I mentioned earlier that I'm a yoga teacher and you know when we're medita teaching meditation, really about being in the present. 
One of the things I want you to think about as you calculate all of your debts and decisions that you've made in your past that you are now paying for now, the debt requires you to live in the past. And I'm going to offer you to step into the present by having your debt behind you. So creating a plan to pay down your debt so that you can create more options and start saving for what we'll talk about some of the categories that we can save for in our goals section. But I think it's really important that you consider that. So when you make it in the past, you made a decision that your now present self is having to go back and pay for a decision that you made in the past. And then I'm going to offer that you also start thinking about each decision you make on your finances, that how will your future self feel about this decision that you made today? So that's where some of this mindfulness and awareness comes in. So step one is awareness. Know your thoughts about money and know your numbers. Let's move into step two. Set goals. And I'm, I am encouraging you to set a one-year and a 10-year goal. And that 10-year goal is probably more like a dream plan where you, what you want to have. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's a, a vacation to Italy or to cash flow a wedding or pay for your child's education or your grandchild's education. Whatever it is, write it down. Take a few moments. And these are all things that you could do today. So awareness, you could know your thoughts and your numbers. Set goals, you could write out a one-year and 10-year dream plan for your money, right? What, are you, what do you want? And is it a little beach house? Is it um, a goat farm in West Virginia? It could be whatever you want it to be. Um, it could be to get out of debt, to have a positive net worth, or build an emergency fund. So many of the families that come to us and particularly women that come to us for coaching are feeling like they don't have enough money and it becomes a more of a fear or security issue. So we always encourage building an emergency fund. And minimally, we like to see three months of living expenses if there's two incomes in the household and then six months of living expenses if there's one income in the household. So that's a good rule of thumb. Now, you'll hear people out there um, suggesting you have 12 months of emergency fund, and that's optimal, but it might feel like a stretch if you're just starting out right now. So you can try on three months, see how that feels for you. And if your monthly budget is $5,000, that means you're going to need to have $15,000 in your emergency fund. But once you set the goal and you write it down, it's interesting how your focus goes and that you're able to accomplish that goal. Uh, other things you could be saving for is a down payment on a house or uh, cash flow, a wedding, dream vacation, IVF, uh, start a business. That's another thing that people are saving for now. A lot of women are stepping into entrepreneurship or your child's education. You know, my husband and I started this process on our journey, I guess I would say our debt-free journey, back in 1997. We wrote out a 20-year plan, 
And our plan was that we wanted to be completely debt-free in 20 years. That was our houses and everything. We wanted to have college educated our children. We have two children. Our daughter was two years old at that time. So our 20-year plan was coinciding with her college graduation. And we wanted to have the option at that time that our side hustle, our real estate investments that we were making on the side outside of our corporate careers, our rental homes, would be have enough positive cash flow, a passive income, that we could step out of our corporate careers. So that's what we wrote down. And I'll tell you what, this is why I'm so passionate about this, is it worked. Not only did we make our goal, we completed it early. My husband retired at 51, and I could have retired earlier, but I still had a few corporate personal goals I wanted to hit. And so uh, I just stepped into my retirement right after my 52nd birthday. That doesn't mean we're stopping by any means. It means that we're focusing on what our passions are. And out there, there's a pretty big movement that we didn't even know we were part of uh, when we started this process of financial independence, retire early. The movement is called FIRE. So that's what it stands for, financial independence, retire early. Some people have goals of making that timeline even shorter for themselves Um, so that they can retire from their corporate career at 35 or 45. But it really worked out well for us and we're thrilled. And that's why we dedicate so much of our time into helping other families experience that, that sense of satisfaction. It's so worth it. So the three savings accounts that I recommend, I want to give you a pro tip here for the goal setting. So when you're setting goals, you have... Um, accounts that follow those goals. So let's break down the goals into three different um, savings accounts. One is your true emergencies. Ideally, this is three to six months of expenses. So, and that covers job loss, car repairs, hospitalization, um, home repairs, like the roof leaks. Not, I didn't say home improvements like a new kitchen. That's repairs, like there's a true emergency. And you put that into um, higher interest savings accounts. There's lots of them out there. You can Google which one's best for you. The second um, savings account that you would have is big goals. So this is where you're saving for a down payment on a house or international travel or a wedding or you name it, that you could have big goals. And I encourage you to have lots of goals. Um, Just make a plan to accomplish them. So the third and final savings account would be small goals. This is where you'd put a few bucks for saving up for a new phone or a piece of furniture, um, maybe a weekend trip, festivals, events, an online course you want to take, whatever your small little dreams are, that's that um, third savings account. So that's my pro tip for the second step, which is to set goals, uh, one-year goals and 10-year goals. And I want you to write them out. And hey, bonus points if you create a vision board on Pinterest so that you really put a a visual photo uh, of what you're dreaming about, whether it's that trip to Italy or a gorgeous wedding on the beach, whatever it is. Make it yours. Uh, You can certainly draw it out in your own hand too. That's another way to 
to connect the brain to that dream. So that leads us to our third step, which is to make a spending plan. I encourage um, a zero-based budget. And the way a zero-based budget works is that you focus on your take-home pay. So your take-home pay goes at the top of the page. And you then start paying all your bills, broken down into different categories. So housing and, and food and clothing, transportation, insurance, all these different categories. So you spend all the money that you make on paper before you receive it. So if your normal payday is on the 31st, then by the 29th or the 30th of the month, you have already calculated where your paycheck is going to be before you receive it. And I really encourage you on, I know I mentioned earlier about the food budget. Well, as you're starting out and as you're learning more about having an intentional, mindful spending plan, you may want to go to cash for a few categories like clothing or entertainment, um, food for sure, restaurants, Because in today's plastic swipe society or economy, there's not a lot of intention or thought that goes into spending. And it almost becomes a virtual experience. And then you get the bill and you go, oh my goodness, I can't believe that that all happened. But the other thing I caution about is subscriptions. So it's really easy to sign up for a free trial and then the $9.99 kicks in or the $15.99 or the $29.99 kicks in on a monthly basis. I really encourage you to review those. Is it a true need or is it just a, was it an impulse or is it a want? So when you start zero-based budgeting, you need to just focus on your needs to begin with. Now still write out all your wants. Because then you can start putting a little money for those wants into your small goal savings account so that you can have the money before you make the purchase. So yes, it is a little bit of delayed gratification. And it takes a little time to get used to that, to not buying and then paying it off, but instead saving, then buying. I can tell you, my husband and I started traveling this way years ago. We love to travel, but we always save up ahead of time for our vacation. And we have all the money in our checking account. And as we travel around the world, we go to the ATM, take out cash, the in-country cash, and then spend cash while we're there. And it's lovely. It's wonderful. We are intentional with our money. And it's so funny that each time we do one of these big trips, we come in under budget. So it's just, it's that intentionality of handing over cash uh, that makes your experience and we come so much richer and also we come home with no debt hangover from a vacation. It's awesome. I highly encourage it. So I want to give you some guidelines with budgeting. We want to make sure that your housing does not exceed 35% of your take-home pay and food does not exceed 15% of your take-home pay. We don't want to put any money into investing or retirement until debt is taken care of. So we want to make sure that debt is paid first 
and then money goes into retirement or savings. And then make it easy. So here's my pro tip for this category is make it easy with automation. And so what that means is maybe your paycheck can be divided into uh, the savings accounts that we talked about earlier or to regular bills that you've equalized. So make it easy with automation and equalization. Equalization is when you have a fixed amount every month. This is common in utilities. You can call your utility provider and ask for equal pay so that you know that $85 every month gets taken out of your checking account for your electric bill. Well, it makes it a lot easier that there's not fluctuation throughout the year and temperatures. So I think that's a really good pro tip on making sure you have consistency in your budgeting. Now, the zero-based budget, there's a couple, uh, one of the other things I want to mention to you is you can do this on a yellow piece of paper. You can certainly, we have an Excel spreadsheet that we use with our clients that already has all of the categories on it. So it reminds you like, oh yeah, I do need to have money set aside for my pet food or my vet supply um, visits. So we have an Excel spreadsheet. I'm happy to uh, share it with you. Complimentary, no problem. If you email us at hope at mindfulmoneycoaches.com, I will send you the spreadsheet we use with our clients. Another fantastic vehicle and the one that we use, my husband and I use, is a budgeting app called Every Dollar. So we highly recommend that because you can have it on your phone. It's an active app that's on your computer and your um, and if it's two people, you just log into the same account and you can update. So my husband, every time he gets gas, just puts down how much uh, his gas was. And I do the same when I'm at a restaurant or, or buying an item of clothing. We just put it right on the app. So highly recommend that for zero-based budgeting. And it helps you see where your guidelines are too, with where you're fitting into each of the categories. And it helps you remind you of some of the categories so you're not forgetting now, you do need to show yourself some grace because the first few months of budgeting is challenging and there will be certain things that come up that you weren't anticipating. So just know it takes a little time to get it down, but once you do, it's a game changer. And this is how we see so many of our clients switch from not knowing where their money is going to telling their money where to go and then starting to build wealth. So I hope I've given you some great tips today on how to handle finances, how to talk about finances. Um, another resource that's out there that I'll share with you is um, on Instagram, there is uh, the debt-free community. So hashtag debt-free community. If you're interested in paying down debt or learning more about financial literacy, that's a great hashtag to follow. And so in recap, we're doing awareness, know how you are thinking about money because your thoughts impact your feelings, which creates your action towards money. Know your numbers so you have a baseline, you know where you start and where you can go. Set goals, one year and 10 year, and then set up savings accounts that mirror those goals, meaning the emergency fund, big goals, small goals, and then a spending plan. So create a spending plan. You can either do it on a yellow pad or use the budgeting app every dollar, or I'm happy to send you the spreadsheet we use with our clients.
So thank you for being here with me today. I hope I shed a little bit more financial literacy onto you and look forward to um, sharing more so you can follow my husband and I um, at our site, mindfulmoneycoaches.com. And I want to thank my mentors, Brooke Castillo and Dave Ramsey. So thank you so much for your time today and have a fabulous day. Thank you for listening to this episode of DG Talks. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook at Delta Gamma. 